show in the side at Six Nations Special. I'm joined by Scenario Neil. We've got Rab Higgins joining us again for representing Ireland, Dave Brooks um, for Wales, uh, Mr. Chapman, a more representing England, and Damien representing France. How are we this evening, gents? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. How are you? Evening. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Bad, thank you. All good. Good, good. We'll move straight on to it. Um, Italy, Ireland. Rab, thoughts on this one? Can I just say, it's going, to, it's going to be a quiet week this week. There's not a lot to talk about, is there? Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Um, <laughs> right, so uh, on the Irish game, a few things. Uh, and everything is qualified by the caveat that comes afterwards. But it's Italy. It was great to see us starting to run the ball and trying to play with a bit more ambition. Um, and just the difference in the other two games, we were actually uh, offloading the ball. Uh, again, scrums and lineouts. You can see Paul O'Connell's, Paul, uh, uh, his, his influence on there working well. Um, huge pluses. I think Tag Byrne has just played himself onto the plane for South Africa um, because he was man of the match for Ireland uh, against Wales in the second row and then was man of the match at six against Italy, or for my money anyway, he was, um, and was just superb, just really good player, really, really happy to see him playing. Um, bad things. Somebody, please, I mentioned before the last time um, I said about the Sexton Teal wagging the IRFU dog. <laughs> you see there on Saturday, that game was won after 25 minutes. And on 70 minutes, I'm watching Johnny Sexton throwing tackles against uh, big <clears throat> Italian forwards coming around the corner at him. He's just come back from being laid out, being injured. And, and we don't have another outside half, but that game was won. And Billy Burns, I said before, you can't ask this young lad to come on with the last 10 minutes and then throw yeah. it into the, the, to the Millennium Stadium and expect them to run the game. And just to see him, the same thing happening again. You know, bottom line is if we win our next two games um, and other results go the way, we could finish third. Above England and above Scotland, um, behind uh, Wales and France, obviously. But to finish third, and the whole idea for the IRFU is to, to finish as high as possible to get prize money. Um, and it just seems so short sighted. You should have been, right, this game's won, get them off, get them wrapped in cotton wool, because we're going to need them against Scotland. Yeah. And, the, the, oh, and they just played on. Uh, again, the caveat with, with regards to, to your play in England. Or playing at least, sorry, uh, the penalty count, the composure, the the box kicking, it was so much more accurate than the last game. Um, seeing the combinations, I mentioned Henshaw and Ringrose before, still happy seeing them. But the, I think they're going to turn into our next, hopefully, whisper it, uh, Darcy and O'Driscoll. Um, yeah, uh, and seeing our front row coming back into it as well. Kilcoyne had a good game, pretty dynamic. I'd, I'd reward him by giving him a start against Scotland um, and let Kean Healy come off the bench. 
Uh, great to see Furlong getting on our uh, more more minutes under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan coming back in, Henderson again. The talking points on that. Oh, we talked before about the uh, these decisions that are being made, and they're not really. Oh, it's not really important. Roman Poit missed Henderson's try. Uh, yeah, cut, clear cut try. Yeah, and then and and Poit at a game. Uh, sorry, the the referee goes there or whatever. Um, he dismissed. The, the questions, much like the, the, the French guy did to, to Farrell, just dismissed. No, he's looked at it in the background. It's no try. It's a knock-on play on. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah. okay, what happens if that happens in the last minute of the World Cup final? Mm. Do you know that? It's just, oh, really, really beg, beggar's belief on that when getting <clears> that wrong. Um, what else? The Will Connors... Uh, the number seven for Ireland, not gotten down a couple of tries, been doing that for Leinster all season. Again, really happy to see him coming through, very dynamic, good jackler as well, should deserve to retain his place against uh, against Hamish Watson and the Scots coming up. Um, just Right, the, you got, right if you don't want me jumping, I think mentioning CJ Sunder, CJ, when he goes forward, Ireland goes forward, and I think that's something he's been missing. Whether it's being out of form or for other reason, you know, so when CJ is going forward, it's hard to to stop him. So I think he has a fantastic game as well. I yeah. think everybody now prepares for CJ, and if you look now, it's always a two-man gang tackle. Always, they don't leave him single-handed anymore. They do the same with most. Do the same with Unapola. With all the big eights, they always target two men on them, um, and I think that is that stilted CJ a little bit. But he is, I mean, he's indomitable. He just keeps going. Some a great engine on him. Bump, bump, bump. Um, from the Italian's point of view, mm-hmm. uh, I assume he's South African, Johan Meyer or Mayer, uh, on the flank. I thought he had a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought he was a good player. He was one of that. <clears throat> and that young backline, they keep trying, they keep having a go. It was unfortunately lost the 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 starting nine in the warm-up, um, which is a bit but okay, let's qualify everything by saying it's Italy. Judges when we next play Scotland. I'm not going to say anything. I'm still, I'm not confident of beating Scotland, and I'm not confident. Of I think it'd be well, a hell of a well, match. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like if we go and play, if we go and try and play the way we played against Italy and offload it, it will be a hell of a. And it usually is a good game. Usually yeah. is. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Mm. And and honestly. I won't mind losing as long as I see progression, as long as I see something that's development and good. This, this season's gone. So that, you know, the Six Nations, sorry, that, that's gone. So I don't mind losing as long as I see some. The, there's the two young lads coming on. Uh, the, the little the little scrum half, Craig Casey, come on in, in, and, and really gave a, a real lot of zip again against a very tired Italian defence. Um, but there's a lovely little picture of him as a baby and his hero is cradling him and it's Peter Stringer. No way. Going up around Monster <laughs> Rugby his whole life. Johnny yeah. said they're raving about him in Ireland. Johnny Sexton says he reminds me of Johnny Wilkinson. He will not leave the practice pitch. He's yeah. the last man off. 
So that bodes well. The big lad Ryan Ryan Baird come on the second row. I thought we have an embarrassment of riches in the second row at the minute, which is superb. Uh, keep going. Um, the again, yeah, it's Italy. So let's see how we go against. Is, Scott. There, is there anyone that you would bring in, Rab? Is there anyone that hasn't been selected that you think has missed and that and that that would you know strengthen the side? Um. <laughs> to the Welsh chap there's an article in the Irish press this weekend by none other than Donald Lenehan talking about the one that got away Sheedy the Welsh lad he's got an Irish yeah. dad played yeah. and, and, and was in our camps at under 18 under 20 level and we've let him go so there's what there's one I wouldn't mind having him yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no we have we have some <laughs> yeah okay fair enough too late now um, we have um, we have some injury problems guys coming back uh, the uh, another good thing from our, uh, for the future is Joey Carberry made a comeback off the bench after a, a long time out with injury for Munster on uh, on Saturday um, and came through that pretty well so we, we, we're getting there um, we don't have a great strength and depth um, and when when we lose key players, we sometimes can affect us. Um, and Sexton being the main one amongst it, we didn't miss Connor Murray too much. But he is uh, John Cooney and, and Craig Casey have been sent back to their squads, so they expect him to be fit and playing again or available against Scotland, whether he starts or not. We'll see. Um, so a little bit of optimism, but tempered with a bit of realism in that we have much much sterner tests to come. So yeah. Yeah. Let's what is look. your opinion on uh, on Cooney? Because he's uh, you know, he's always been very highly tipped, but he's never really got the minutes. Some say he he does deserve. I I, I don't know. I think <clears throat> maybe he's he, he's upset. Well, no, because he must have upset Joe Smith because he didn't get a look in with Joe Smith either. Um, yeah. And maybe Farrell has carried that mindset on. Um, but as I said last time out, there were times in the past when Conor Murray's been playing on one leg, mm. but they still pick him. Um, and Cooney was the best nine in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, well, uh, until DuPont comes along, of course. Um, <laughs> but he, he was he was boss, he was running Ulster. Ulster were relying on him, and he would have been, it would have been, I think it would have been great to see him, because he went and he took on international uh, packs, Away from home with internationals in them like Bath and and, and Quinns, and he went he went to France and, and okay we didn't win but he he played well um, mm. and it would have been great to see now I think at thirty one he may have missed the boat unfortunately um, but yeah. as speaking put me Ulster hat on I'm quite happy with that because he he we miss him when he's not there but he's a fine player. Definitely. Any other thoughts on the game for anyone? Do you want to watch it? I, if I'm honest, I missed it, but obviously I, I, I saw the result. But um, but yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see if anyone else had any views on it. I think we've got to give Italy a bit of credit. <laughs> you know, I think Italy's been going through a rebuilding phase for the last, you could argue, 20 years or so. Mm. But I think they're, they're now finding their way. And yeah, Franco Smith is trusting the young generation, bringing some lovely players. And I think they're starting, there's little hints, 
especially on attack where they're looking very good. The rest is finding consistency and being good on defense for 80 plus minutes. And that's going to be a difference. But I think there is a positive to take for Italy. Yeah. yeah. Damien, Damien I, agree, I agree, and I'm I'm really pleased that the Italians are, are, are giving it a go. But just, you mentioned there about the defence. They fell off 26 tackles on Saturday. You can't do that in international rugby. 26 missed tackles, you can't do it. Until they improve no. that. They've got to make them, I think they've got to make themselves hard to beat, which mm. is what they did do for a long time. They made themselves hard to beat. Now, if you want to, they're still it, learning. They're still learning. It, it would be mm. what France used to be before Sean Edwards, where they would score, they would look great in attack, but wouldn't be able to defend. Where now mm. France is now brought a discipline and a defense throughout AT, and that's a difference now between a yeah. great side and a, and a, just a good side. I think mm. The yeah. other thing with Italy as well, of course, was was that they put so much store. Uh, for so long on Parise, didn't they? Parise mm. would literally carry not just the forwards, but he'd carry the team. And they sort of looked to Parise, all the other players, as this sort of superhuman being. And now that Parise isn't there anymore, it's almost like they're looking around to see who's who's carrying that metal. And yeah, yeah. you're right, Rab, they, they fell off a lot of tackles. But I, I'll still say, and I know that we spoke about Italy on, on, on the last podcast, but mm. they never give up. They keep on going. Oh, yeah. Which, which, which is testament to, you know, to what they're trying to achieve. Um, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd love nothing more than to go into an Italian game um, and to think, well, who's going to come out on top today? It just yeah. seems at the moment a little bit oh, upsetting, uh, yeah. disappointing that, oh, God, you know, what, what are they going to keep the score to? But mm. I know that we had this issue in Wales years ago, you know, when, when we were in the doldrums, and I remember... South Africa nearly putting 100 points on us. And, and the mantra then was, you've got to play these teams on a regular basis if you want to get better. And, yeah. and that's what they've got to do. Yeah, great show. Great show. That's the only way you test yourself, isn't it? <clears throat> Ultimately, and, and yeah. you know, push yourself further. You know, if you play, if you're the, the, the big fish in the small pond, you, you learn relatively little. Um, yeah. But you know, like you say, it's just it's capitalising on it. Definitely. Well, uh, we'll move on to the next game. Um, I mean, I wrote one note down on the whole thing. Is it family friendly? Um, yeah. Do you want me to um, take the phone off it? the hook, Tom? So, <laughs> I've closed all the doors <clears throat> and all the windows. And it Don't literally you got me was impartial, nine penalties in the first 25 mins. And I really think that I mean, some that are, you know, from both sides, it was obviously little controversy for other things, which uh, Damien will try and defend shortly, obviously. <laughs> I don't know if um, the right word. I don't know if defend is the right word, but... <clears throat> but, Jack, just from an England perspective, I mean, can you decide for what that was on Saturday? No, I can't. I'm, I'm not anywhere close to decide what that was. It was, a, it was an interesting game. There were moments where you saw England at their, their brilliance, Second half, you know, attacking quickly. They were hitting rucks very quickly. The ball was leaving that ruck even faster than they were getting to it. It's fantastic to see. Um, uh, and it was difficult for Wales to keep up with, I think, at times. But then on the other hand, you had a lot of mistakes when it came to discipline. You had a lot of a lot of key players like Marrow giving up penalties that they shouldn't be giving up. You know, Curry coming into a ruck at the side. Things like that that shouldn't be happening at that level. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you couple that with, you know, Fenix Wales have got a really nice squad this uh, this tournament. We've got some really talented players. Uh, Louis Rissam, I think, maybe one of the biggest names of rugby coming up soon if he keeps his current form and stays healthy. Um, so it's, it's difficult. And then you, you couple that with uh, the referee making some some choices that maybe weren't agreed with by everyone, especially not myself. Uh, the first try, I think, was completely outrageous. The second try, I can get over, I can live with. Um, but compared to that first one. And then you have the other issue with the England squad, of which is who's in the England squad. You've got Eddie Jones making decisions that I think personally um, are players that at one point in their career were truly incredible, but that's a squad to play in the same rugby together for <clears throat> four years and now aren't producing the same results they were two years ago. Uh, and I personally feel that maybe it's time for some some fresh blood to come into the England squad because you've got guys in there, like the Saris players, who, you know, on paper are some of the best in the world, but they're not match fit. They aren't playing in, in the championship at all. Uh, more importantly, they're playing in the championship. They're not playing top flight rugby anymore. So you'd argue they're possibly, you know, playing down to that standard after a while. That's just my thoughts on it. Like Definitely. we just mentioned, I, yeah. you know, if you play, if you're big fish in small pond, you're not going to learn anything. You're yeah. not going to push yourself, and exactly that. The same guys we can we your thoughts? Four years. Mm. Mm. I, I I just <clears throat> thought it was a. Uh... Um, uh, a bizarre game. It was an extraordinary yeah. game. I thought Wales Scotland two weeks before was was an incredible game. This was uh, again forty twenty four is not a Six Nations score. You know, um, it, it's not a Six Nations score. I don't care what people say. I actually had much to Jack and Neil's delight coming up. I actually tipped England to to do it on Saturday by by two yeah. or three points. I thought. England's attack, when we saw in glimpses of, of, of their attack, they looked more uh, sharp, they looked more, mm. more dangerous. But Wales, we didn't have to do in the first, well, in the first half, the first 25, 30 minutes, we didn't have to do anything. We, we just let mm. Maro Itoje do his business, concede mm. three or four penalties. I, I think, I know, think you kept a, a tally, Dom. I think I counted four in the first five minutes that. Yeah. that England had given away, you know, and again, it comes down to discipline. You can't win an international <laughs> by giving away so many penalties. And I think we sort of, we, we, we fed off that. Um, and I know that we mentioned Callum Sheedy. He mentioned in one of his post-match uh, interviews to one of the papers, he said, the minute we knew England were giving penalties away, he said, we looked at each other and we knew that we could turn the screw. We knew that we had yeah. them, yeah. you know, which, which is a, you know, a psychological thing in itself. Um, to, to the tries, first of all, the, the, the first try, it was interesting reading the comments, actually, of um, Joel Jutz, the um, former French ref. He's now in charge of the referees. He's the, the referees manager. Um, and he, he was saying that he said from the moment the referee actually says time on, he says that's when the game can actually recommence. So mm. in in that respect, what what Dan Bigger did was was perfectly legal. And and the other thing yeah. when he says to Owen Farrell to to go and talk to your players now, um, yeah, there's a bit of an interpretation. When is he going to talk to his players now? Owen Farrell could then say, right, I'm going to talk to them now or I'll talk to them during the next break in play. Yeah. So, in effect, Dan Bigger, <laughs> I thought, was was really alert. Time on, go. he could see that the England defence was more or less gathered under mm-hmm. the posts um, and, and he obviously signalled to Josh Adams, go, because I'm going to kick this one down towards the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought the first try 
was was clever, was was alert. The second try, again, he's commented that obviously Reece Samet didn't have control of the ball um, mm. and it's a knock-on. And he's also commented, Joel Judge, that sometimes we tend to put these situations too much under the microscope. And yes, we've got the TMO there making the decisions, but let's just pull back a little bit, you know, and, and let's just apply a little bit of common sense. The ball has been knocked forward nine times out of 10. That would be given as a knock-on. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's and 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 it's and it's been given as a try, um, and and the look on Liam Williams's face and Louis Rees-Amis' face, I think, yeah. said said it all when when that try yeah. was given. So so from from those instances, I think that literally gave Wales uh, the momentum. Um, and mm. let's not forget, it was twenty four all. The final thirteen minutes, we've slotted three more penalties over. We've taken oh, yeah. control of the game there in, in in that final 12, 13 minutes spell, where <clears throat> when England got back into the game and up pops Callum Sheedy, and 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 over those penalties go. So, it, uh, what it, a kicker it, he is, though! What a kicker he is! Absolutely, lovely draw. The one that got away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, sorry, Rab. I, I'll, I'll apologise again. You're right, Neil. He is, he is a kicker, and and this is what Pivac yeah. wants now. He, he wants competition for places. You know, Alan yeah. Jones, Jonathan Davis, George North. Yeah. They're not going to be around no. for for much longer. Possibly after the next World Cup, that'll be it. So he's probably thinking post France, yeah, post yeah. post 2023. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I just thought that. You know, England's discipline. Going back to you, Jack, do you, do you think Eddie's picking Saracen's players just literally in his sleep? He's not stopping to think, hang on, these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're not, as you said, they're, they're not premiership fit. They may be championship fit. It's a whole different ball game, isn't it, between the yeah, championship and the premiership? Um, I wonder if it's more he's thinking, you know, this, this team, so back to the World Cup, was you know, top tier, top side, arguably one of the better teams in the tournament, you know, based on that, the Saracens were dominant for so many years in the Premiership. Um, and he's just thinking, especially with Farrell being the captain of the side, I think for him when it comes to guys like Farrell and um, uh, Villapola, Jamie George, to him, they're just no-brainers for sort of what they've done in the past. But I don't think they're playing at the same time that they once were. Um, yeah. Daily, especially not. Um <laughs> I actually thought he had a good game on Saturday, Daly. I thought he had a much better promise. It was the same game. Daily, I thought he was much better than he has been the last few weeks. Neil, Neil, I expected him to run out in one of those blue and white striped aprons, you know, like butchers wear. He butchered <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few too many knock-on drop kicks. Oh, maybe I was watching a different game. Maybe, uh, mate, who knows? But yeah, I definitely think Eddie's, Eddie's picking players in the sleep there and maybe some fresh bloods needed to give some competition for positions because I feel a lot of those guys, like Farrell, feel so secure in that spot and maybe they shouldn't feel so secure. Maybe somewhere. I read, I read an article about this, what we are talking about at the weekend, and it's called pedalization. We put them all on pedestals. And we expect them to perform on those pedestals every single time they play. And yeah, when yeah. they don't, we go, oh, yeah, but it'll be all right next time. Yeah. Those are work like that. achievements. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that's what I think anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, just coming back to the first incident, <clears throat> referee, not to, not to dwell on it or pick it apart anymore. Damien, obviously, there's been a lot of press around this. What are you sort of reading on this? 
Look, it's, it's difficult. Like Dave mentioned, a very bizarre game as a referee. <clears throat> but if you, as a referee, I think if you have a started considered five penalties in a row at the beginning of the game, your mindset is already, you know, towards maybe <clears throat> carry on penalizing the sides that's going wrong. So the mindset is already not great. Then, you know, you look at a 50-50, the TMO didn't seem to be that clear either. So on the field, hot tempered, you know, it's it's. I think it was a decision maybe that was made a bit too fast or not clear enough. It's just a lot of different element that comes into play. I think we gotta consider, you know, and obviously a human error. We gotta, you know, we gotta be aware. Oh, sure, definitely. I mean, it's not an easy job. If you if you look at it, I'm just talking about the second incident for a second now. If you look at it by the letter of the law, like word for word. The ball technically didn't go forward, didn't go forward off a hand. Yes, he wasn't, wasn't in control. So I can understand and see how the ref has come to that decision. It's bemused the hell out of me, don't get me wrong. Like, I was like, what the hell? Everyone else who's looking at it, even the guy that dropped it, looking <laughs> like it's a knock-on, you know. Um, but looking back at it, he's looked at exactly the same footage and... You've got to give it to him. Like, there's a grey area there. You can't say... Again, absolute... the TMO not helping. Again, on the decision, TMO wasn't very helpful. Nope. Or decisive enough or, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's a hard job being a ref. It must be absolutely, you know. And all the abuse you must have got on facial, you know, facial media, social media and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but is there scope then, Neil, to, to rewrite that law then, to make it easier for the TMO, yeah. but more particularly the on-field ref? I think there is. There's always scope to to reiterate, reiterate the, the rules and make them clearer. But it's only it'll it'll be fine for this time, and then something else weird will happen. We'll have to rewrite the law again, and then we'll rewrite. You know, and that's the slippery slope you're getting down. Um, before long, we'll know it. It'll be like football, and the TMO. You'll be sat there for three minutes watching them rewind it forward, back, forward, back on every bloody decision. And you've got to allow for. We put referees in positions to referee matches because they're, they're there. They're the boss to run it. And if they make a shit, you know, if they make a piss up of it and make a bad decision, they live with it. You know, if they make a good decision, they live with it as well. You know, we ultimately, we judge them on, on other matches. I'm not one of these to stick up for refs and all that. But looking at it, letter of the law, the first account, um, yeah, it's, it's 50, you know, half a dozen of one and six of the other. Uh, but the second one particularly, looking at it, in terms of law, that was technically not a knock-on. So you can see why the refs come to that decision. Yeah. Nigel Owens poked up on Twitter, and I follow him, and I think he's great, because he came up straight away and said similar thing. You know, he wasn't in control of the ball. He would have yeah. given a knock-on. But he said he would have given it. So it's up to personal interpretation. And that's why these guys have got this job in the first place and get paid the money they do to do what they do, to be in that in that hot seat and, and be in the opportunity to make the right decision or the wrong one. And unfortunately... You know, a lot of the people that watch the match think that you made the wrong one. A lot of people look at it factually and think, well, actually, you know, you, there's there's error for, for judgment there. So it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, and, and well done to Pascal Corsair for, for coming out on Sunday morning, yep. saying, putting his hand up, saying, sorry, I think I've, I've made, you know, an error of judgment there in, in, in those two tries. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd say this one thing. There's no game without them. Exactly that. Yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. That's the bottom line. There's no <laughs> game without them. If, if so. I can bounce on that, Rad, more than that, you know, the referee is something, but I think the the bigger picture for England is 
lot more worrying. If you look at the last four or five big games they've had to play, World Cup final, you know, the, the Autumn Nation Cup could be argued that it could be a win-loss there. This mm. game, which is arguably a make or break of the Six Nation, England doesn't pull through mm. and runs away because of a poor discipline. Mm-hmm. Again, yes. yeah. That's exactly. a bigger picture they should be worrying about right now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. a note as well to Owen Farrell. I mean, Eddie Butler picked it up on commentary. You know, whatever you do, don't talk to the ref like that. I love my football. I love my rugby. I love my rugby more than I love my football. I don't want to see football orientated shenanigans creeping into rugby because the day that that happens, you've lost the game. Yeah, very true. You know, and, and you know, he's a cracking <laughs> player is Owen Farrell. He really is. He's probably going, yes, through a dip of form at the moment. But, you know, when the referee says, this is my decision, Accept that decision. I have to say one thing on. about Owen as well. He showed absolute maturity in that after-match interview. Not having, you know, no matter it, what it his will. thoughts on the match, on the decisions, on whatever, he was professional, <clears> you know, just t- talked about the facts, talked about that sort of thing, and just got on with it. If that had been a football match, the, oh, yeah, the ref made the wrong decision there, this was that, that was this, and, you know, always pointing the finger and pointing the finger, and that's... And, and, and going back to rugby and difference between rugby and football, Alan Wynne jones clearing the stage away. Yeah, he did that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get, where, you know, that's rugby. Hang on a second. Let's get this right here. Let's get this right. (laughs) He's the skipper. They just won the Triple Crown. He's taking that home to stick in his bloody living room. That's a fair point. That's in his suitcase before you know it. (laughs) That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you about the time I beat England. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to walk off with the stage in front of in front of thousands of people and got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah just uh, just touching on that post match interview with Farrell. Unfortunately, obviously, um, the online abuse towards presenter Sonia from the BBC. You know, <clears throat> it seems to be a lot more common within the game at the moment. We're getting a lot more. Toxic, um, toxic comments online, especially on Twitter. Uh, a lot more, you know, a higher peak in racism, racist comments towards players um, and ex-players online. I mean, where is the game going with this? Because I feel like every week it seems to be getting worse. And you know, mm. me for one, I thought the questions asked in that post-match interview, I don't, I thought they were good questions. They were questions I would, I'd want to know the answers to. You know, <clears throat> there's a bit, you know a huge amount of controversy in a game that we've all just watched and she's asking one of the two men involved in the pitch. I mean, you know, how far wrong can you go from that? Yeah, well, if she hadn't asked. asked those questions, Dom, <laughs> she she would have been vilified for not asking them. And exactly. here we are, unfortunately, exactly. talking about her being vilified for asking them. Uh, you know, she she can't win. I, like you, I, I thought, you know, she's a journalist. She's got a job to do. The, the questions were pertinent. And I think any reporter would have asked the same questions. Um, I, 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 one of one of the if if you're talking about social media, I, very quickly, I think one of the um, solutions there is that if if you want to be on Twitter and you want to be on Facebook, Twitter especially because that's more open to people going on under some daft pseudonym or whatever, your full name and a photograph of you, because then there's no hiding place. Accountability. Yeah. End yeah, of. Be accountable. Accountability. That's the bottom line. Yeah, because there's no on social media, is there? You can I can make a, a dump off Twitter account right now with some weird name and a random photo and go slag someone off. And you then probably still have more friends than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't, to be fair. But, um, 
But yeah, there's no accountability, and you know, anyone can attack anyone on, on social media yeah. because Sonia's got her Twitter warriors, account. It's very public. Yeah. You know, her work is public. She would have a, a private Twitter account where you can't get at her. And then, you know, exactly. some, some Muppet who's had 15 beers watching the game is absolutely fuming. It's going to go send her a nasty DM because she's upset. Yeah. She's not. <clears throat> I, I, I would, I, the only bit I'd say on that, <clears throat> and I'm not, this isn't trying to get out of, uh, I wonder how many of those tweets are, when I say proper rugby people, I mean people like us. Like, yeah, you know, know proper you rugby people. And not these, this, this sort of stuff doesn't happen when it's like Exeter versus <laughs> yeah. London Irish or something yeah. like that. It's only when it's high profile, it's on the BBC, it's there and it's... And you get all the plastic fans come out. Yeah, yeah, all the football fans watching the place. Yeah, yeah and, the, and that nationalism. Oh, we, and, and it was a case of we was robbed and that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah I, I agree with you, Rob. I, because I think when you look through all the social media, you can see all the genuine rugby people disavowing it. I, I just no, disown it. That's not that's not us. That's not our sport. That's not how it goes. Yeah. Um. So I, I, that was just that's just my topmost worth. I agree. I think Red put a finger on it. I think the rugby family or the rugby culture, whatever you want to call this, would have never even thought <laughs> of playing that way because you leave it in between the four lines, shake a beer and have a beer at the end. That's 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 just the way rugby is, you know. Yeah. So, just, yeah, concern. It's concerning. So, yeah. Just keep what you're doing, Sonia. We are behind you. Um, France, Scotland. Obviously, this is like the first time we've actually managed to get a French fan on and you get on. your game postponed, Damien. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. What a game. I mean, that was going to be, I reckon, game of the tournament. To be I reckon so. It's oh, certainly yeah. game of the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Definitely game of the weekend. Arguably game of the tournament. Do you want to just update us, Damien, on what the options are for this? At, you know, at the moment. Well, obviously, it's troubling time for for the French squad. Um, <clears throat> the latest that I've heard is the French Federation has proposed um, the two the, the the fixture sorry to happen on Thursday in two weeks' time. So that'll be the break week, the week of the break week, the Thursday. And then end up playing again on a Sunday. So that would be the first option. That's what's been agreed on the French side, and that needs to now be confirmed on the Scottish side. So that would be the first option. And I think the best option, personally, for both clubs, uh, obviously making it very difficult for France to put a claim on the possible Grand Slam. But at the same time, if you want to do it, you go big or go home, as I say. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> they have been going big so far. So uh, it's. Uh... That's it, All right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I think it's got to be played. I think it's to be. You know, it's always it's yeah. going to be a what if. You know, Scotland on the form of their life at the moment, a young, exciting French team with you know world class nine controlling the game. You know, if it doesn't get played, it's going to be an absolute travesty. I think there'll be uh, no. we'll be robbed of some decent rugby there. The main thing for me was to be able to see the French side be able to <clears throat> four performances in a row which is arguably hasn't happened for 10 plus years for the French side. Um, yeah, great coaching structure, a whole new mentality. And for once, accountability for the players and players that are coming out with an actual game plan and knowing and with a will to play for the jersey, which is massive for France. And look, no, it just needs to be consistent for them and happen week in, week out, which is being a struggle. And then we, we touched on this the other week and when Dave was on the week as well. And, 
it's lovely to see France playing attacking French rugby again. You know, they try to imitate other Six Nations clubs, other clubs, other teams around the world, and it didn't work because that's not how the French play. Mm. When I was a kid, I mean, we're all different ages, but when I was a kid, the French were the team that were going to win the Six Nations or Grand Slam. It was like, wow, you know, watching some of those players. And it's brilliant to see them come back full circle and actually think, sod it, we're not going to play anyone else's way, we're going to play French way, and wow, I mean, look what's, what's happened. More, more than that, I think it's been coming for the last, it's been building <clears throat> that squad or that group of 60 plus players has been building for the last five years where France has done it properly, where they brought in and the 18 of the 20 players who has now won two, three World Cup in a row. I think the last ah. two World Cup in a row. So mm -hmm. it was done the right way, if you know what I mean. It was brought through real French player, brought into the right system through the whole profiling from the 18 through to um, international level. So yeah. when you have, you know, an ethos or a culture around a group that is created for so many years, mm -hmm. it reflects, you know, on the field. And that's why I think they're getting right, within the right structure of coaches as well, on top yeah. of that. I, can I, I, Damien, can I, sorry, Rab, go on. I, I was just going to say, I can see a parallel because I'm old enough um, <laughs> to the, to the round ball game when the French decided that they wanted to win the 1998 world cup that they were hosting. Mm. I see the parallel co coming through where the French have gone out. They've gone, right. We are setting our stall out. That's our target. Mm. Thank you, Red. I, I, I'm so impressed by how they're going about it. They just, and I hope they do it. I, I, I'm saying it now, three years out. Mm. I hope they win it. Oh, two years out. I hope they win it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they win the first game, they got a chance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, they got the AGs up first, haven't they? Oh, <laughs> Damien, I was going. I was going to ask you in, in in light of everything that's happened over the last week or two with 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 the French squad, on a scale of one to ten, how how safe? is or was Fabian Galti's position? Because it looks now, as we've said, the 26th potentially could, could be the rearranged fixture. Because I tell you what, with all due respect, given where he's brought the French squad to the style of play that they're now playing on the eve almost of a World Cup in, in just over, what, 20 months' time, that would be the most French thing of Frenchness, <laughs> wouldn't it? But, but <laughs> for a French implosion and Galti to be dismissed from his, from his job... How safe is he at the moment? Well, Dave, like I mentioned earlier, I was excited to see if France was be able to do it for, the, for four games in a row, you know, mm. perform. And there has been France's history for the last 20 years, 10 years, where they've just done well and then something will blow in within the camp or the coaches. Um, my personal opinion is Laporte is actually a personal, very good friend of Galtier, which could help. And Laporte has already come out, say he's supporting him and all the dogs in France are behind him. I just think, once again, his appointment was done the right way, which might have done to be a case for the previous selectors. He had come through the right way, through the club level, into uh, the, uh, the learning. I think he was under a learning um, coaching position at last World Cup, and then emerging as a, as a coach. So I think because the way he was brought in and with the squad that he surrounded himself with, don't underestimate Rafael Ibanez's job because Galtier is more the man on the field, where Ibanez is more behind the scene. So yeah. Ibanez has got a lot to do with it as well. But yeah. I think the structure is too strong, and they've proved themselves being too effective to get rid of too soon, I think. It's still be too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because looking from the outside in, I don't know how the other boys feel, but but if if it did came, you know, come down to that, if he, if he lost his job, actually, I'd be really gutted. 
Mm. Given what he's done with with France, given how he's brought this squad together and how he's moulded players around Dupont, I would I'd be absolutely gutted if that. I mean, is there talk of him losing his job then? Because surely he's doing very well, isn't he? What I mean, Neil, is over the COVID situation. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry. He he technically would have broken the bubble first, so that's where. You know, the French are always the first one to ask for people's heads, aren't they? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're talking that's historical. That's gone all, all high road now. We're talking history. We're going to politics next. What's going on, Jen? <laughs> uh, we definitely will not be on some politics <laughs> next. <laughs> right. How about guesses free. for the next games then? As and when they happen? Italy, Wales. Rab? Italy, Wales. Uh, Wales by... Uh, However many, however many sheep there are in the valleys, something like that. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Jesus. Probably accurate as well. Yeah, you just said, Italy was just coming on, you said. Yeah, but... Listen, yeah. Wheel, I, I, do you know what? For my top one's worth on the Wheels England game, I... It's on record. I thought England might do it because I thought they had a performance waiting in them. Um, The (laughs) fact that they did, they showed in starts. I thought they played really well in fits and starts, but it was only flashes. And I mentioned before about I I thought Young's had one of his better games for England for a long time. Um, But just. they are a manifestation of their leadership, and their leadership is that Putin. It almost feels like they're entitled, <laughs> entitled to win the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, yeah. Sorry, this is what we do. This is what yeah. we are. No, you have to win the game. A sense of entitlement, um, maybe you're looking for, Rab. Is that the word? Well, perhaps so. But I thought, uh, I thought. Uh, I know I, I cast for, for England to win last when we done the last podcast, but when I seen the Welsh uh, back line listed on Thursday, I, w- I was texting me mates and going, oh, I like the look of this. Yeah, it's a great back line, too, <laughs> This looks... And if they can get a bit of parity, if they can get close to England up front, which they did, yeah. or rather... England just should be kicking their own arses for how many penalties they give away. Yeah. That's... Criminal, yeah. and, I, and I'm going to say this. I said it last time. I you don't pick second division players. You get them playing at the top flight, and yeah. then they get picked for international test rugby. Not, not you can't go and play Ealing Trail Finders and then go and play Alan Wynne Jones the next week. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I thought Alan Wynne Jones. I thought he before that Saturday. I thought he was sitting fifth or sixth in the Lions pack in order. He's now, I think he's now there. He led his team on Saturday. Um, when England started to at 24 all, oh, Alan Wynne Jones said, listen, boys, this is how we're going to play this game. And England played into that. England gave it to them with the first penalty. And then Wales just, we'll have this game. Put it in a headlock and the game went away from England. And I, I think a lot of those Welsh players went, they, they've leapfrogged a lot of the English players in, in terms of the, the, the stock for the Lions. Uh, well, Lee, Lee Summit has got to be on that plane. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
the the Welsh yeah. back row, the Welsh back row was a, had a lovely balance to it on on Saturday, Dave. I I don't know if you thought I thought Navidi made a couple of little mistakes, but he's coming back from injury, and he um I thought he he'll get better, but Falatai and Tips were just, I was just about to say. yeah. My favorite Welsh player at the minute, Adam Beard. What a bloody nuisance he is. I thought he was mm. I thought he was great on Saturday. I've yet to see him play badly. Um, and I don't think, I think he's the natural successor to Win Jones. I think he just looks like that. I've been very impressed with Adam Beard. What do you think of him, Dave? I, I, you've just stolen my thunder rap. Absolutely. Because that, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm glad you have. I, I, you know, um, I, we, we've had a problem, as you know, in Wales for the last 15 years. 20 millenniums it's called the line out you know um and yeah. it's it's just been you know you, you sort of like the the population the rugby population in wales every test match when we, when there's the first line out you may hear it you know over over the irish sea there's this collective size of oh, which way is this one going to go and thankfully that the set piece on on saturday worked worked brilliantly adam beard is is coming into his own and with alan win with him as well then you know he's he's, he's got the master it's the, the right guy it's the student yeah. and the master as well yes. isn't it you know um so i i think he's absolutely superb um yeah and and going back to to talopi falatau i mean the way he defended the way he carried you know the meters that he yeah. made was was just phenomenal and again we mentioned avidi picking up knocks and injuries Talopi's been the same. He's picked up injuries as well, yeah. but but he's back now. He just looks he looks hungry. He looks lean. He looks mean, um, and he looks like he's he, he wants the ball all the time, which is which is terrific to see. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, Dave, can I just ask? Yeah. You used to, everybody used to talk about this uh, the fly off factory in Wales. We were yeah. talking. I was talking about my mates and I were talking about it on Saturday. Where's the where's the scrum off factory situated? Because where's this where's this lad come from? Yeah, it's <laughs> it it it's a good question. Well, you know, you looked over the years. Half a dozen top quality names. Yeah, and and this this is rap. This is this is what we want. We we've always had a problem up until recently where any one of the first fifteen, if they pick up a knock or, or in the match day twenty two, yeah, we we start to panic be, oh, because we know that the quality the, there's quality there. But it necessarily isn't match day quality, and this is what Warren Gatland installed. He, he wanted three or four players per position, you know. And I am talking now, Gareth Anscombe. He's yet to come back, yeah. you know. So when you, yeah. for example, you know the fly half berth, who, who you're playing at the moment, you, you've got Sheedy there, you've got Bigger there, you've got Anscombe to come back, you've got Jared Evans as well. Well, that's four off the top of my head. You know, um, and and that's what. And what that's about what, your what about your record um, penalty kick? Yeah, I was penalty say. Kick taker Reece Priestland at Bath. He's kind of, and, and he's again, yeah, yeah. There's, what, 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 oh man, there's there's another one, Jamie Roberts. You know, in in the form of his life, not not yeah. being picked, but I suppose there lies the question of the style of play that that Wayne Pivak wants. Yeah. Does does he want that crash ball in midfield? I I honestly don't think he does. Well, he didn't at Scarlets. Well, Modern no. rugby is going with a 10-12 playmakers. That's the way modern rugby is going. And your ball no. crash might be more 13-11-14 option out wide. That's where you're looking to mm. play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so what's it all? It's uh, all what uh, about Jesse Tipperick? Dave, how did you feel? I always feel like 
again, very much like CJ standard for Ireland. When Tips has a good game, Wales has a good game. One thing I'm really surprised about with Tips is that whenever he plays, I never see him shed his kit, right? To see mm. the cape with the letter S on the front and his red <laughs> boots, because he is. He's, he's a phenomenal player. And sometimes I think people forget whether he's a back or a forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's it, yeah, it's hard to judge that. You know, again, you you look at tips the way he carries. He does a lot of the donkey work, and then you'll see him galloping in midfield. You know, he, he, you could forgive him, be forgiven for thinking he's a centre or or a winger sometimes mm -hmm. as well. It's it's great to have that balance there. You know, and you're talking of a back row again, and number eight again, another player off the top of my head, Ross Moriarty. Yeah. Out with a knock at the moment. So this is the this is the sort of squad that, that Pivac wants. You know, you 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 think Ellis Jenkins, Anscom, Ross Moriarty. There's a whole raft of players out there who are knocking on the door to Wayne come Wright back. Is useful as well, yeah. Wayne Wright is decent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, will, will, will they come back at the moment? Because if if we you know continue the the form that we've got, or or have we been lucky? I don't know. That's that maybe is a debate for another time. But you you stick with the players who who were winning you Test matches, surely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I take it you're picking Wales to win on it uh, against Italy then. I, I'm I'm picking Wales, Tom. I don't think anyone <laughs> is anyone going to pick Italy. Should we just have a show of hands? No, but I just think Italy's goal should be to continue their way forward. Yeah, and just yeah. to be able to put up, let's say, a good 25, 20 minutes, 10, 15 minutes per half, where you're competitive, where you're effective on attack and defense. I think that should be their goal. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 Wales again has this this little problem sometimes that when they're expected to win well, they don't always necessarily win well. I, I think it's in Rome. Um I, when in I, Rome, I, eh, Dave? When in Rome. When in Rome, absolutely, Neil. I think Italy, <laughs> you know, in fairness, they, they may view this as as a real as a real chance for them in a way, you know, mm -hmm. because we've had a couple of close games down the years. Um I'm so I'm not gonna say Wales by a hefty margin, but I'd say something like in the region of, I don't know, 35, 12, 35, 9, something like that. It's yeah. not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a, 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 a cricket score, but I, I think Wales will have to have to work for it and then, you know, sort of like gallop away in the final sort of 25 minutes or so. Yeah. Everyone concur with that or, or is there yeah. any other views on that? Yeah. Victory for Wales will be a disappointment, I think, personally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. England, Italy are going to come to you on this one, Damien. <coughs> huh? No, England. no, England, France. Sorry, come on. Oh, yeah. Again, sorry, I think France. If there's ever be a test of how good they're gonna be and how well they'll be able to perform, this is gonna be it. You know, yeah. be careful of a of a England back against the wall. We cannot cannot afford to lose on the weekend. Um, you know, um. I'm worried, but if France comes out of it, I think it's a massive, massive step forward mentally for 2023. Uh, but I'm worried about England back against the wall. Do you think that he's going to change the team at all? Eddie, uh, needs to, I think. Well, you would have. To, that's a that's a question mark. Are you? Mm. Do you have everyone available? Who's available? You know, there's question marks. But um, yeah. I think it's good. I think it's good for France to get tested now. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, if you need to put in new players, are they going to shine? I think it's exciting. I think it's an exciting time for France. You, you can see it in a negative way or you can see it in a positive way. I think we should yeah. gonna stick with the positive, hopefully. Excellent. Good advice, Alice. Middlemore, England, France. 
think if France come back from their, their little COVID scare and they keep the form that they've had so far in the tournament, they will take England, I think, honestly. Um, they're, they're looking like a very strong side right now. Um, DuPont is an absolute wizard when it comes to distributing that ball. Um, there's not a player like him right now in the tournament. I don't think you can do what he does at that level. Um, and then, of course, French defensively. How many times in the past couple of years have you seen them stop England and meet out on the try line, you know, 10, 15 phases and turn it over? Um, so I think if, if France come back in the form they have been so far, it's going to be a rough game to be an England fan. But if England come out firing all cylinders and they play the rugby that we know that squad can play, then I think we're in for a hell of a game in England. You know, if, if they come and they, they play with their hearts on their sleeves like they, they know how to, I think we're looking at a very close game. Um, but I, I think France's current form, they may edge us, quite honestly. Mm. I think it comes down to how England start. They're just going to start giving away penalty after penalty again. Yeah, they're going to have this. We'll going to have a bit of this hoodoo hanging over them. They're going to carry that through this week and, and into the next game. You know, and it's going to be like you know the referee may even have you know just subconsciously. You know, they you know I'm not going to say they lost the referee, but you know you start giving away penalty after penalty. You know, it just naturally reflects badly as a team. And I'm then, talking you know, the way that Owen did. And talking to him the way Owen did, you know, Atoje yeah. and the likes of Hill and Curry, you know, these are all meant to be, you know, international players. They're playing in a World Cup final, you know, not so long ago, and they just, you know, lose all composure at the breakdown. So I think it's just, you know, depends on the first five, ten minutes so they can settle down. But I mean, yeah. if they can continue to give away penalties against the French that did the Welsh, I think we're being for a big hiding. And Scotland, Ireland. Or Ireland, Scotland, which way around is it? Scotland, uh, Scotland, Ireland. Be cold up there, Rap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, on the, on the, uh, is it England, France or France, England? England, France. England, France. England, France. If England don't win this game, they have to come to Dublin to play us in the last game. Ooh. That Ooh. would be England. Possibly losing four games and only went beating England or only beating Italy. Yeah, could be. Yeah. So what's Eddie going to do about that, Rab? What's going to do about <laughs> that? Is he going to stick with his tried and test it against France, or is he going to turn and give them a ch- give them a chance to rectify their mistakes uh, mm. in, from Cardiff, or is he going to go? Do you know what? You aren't up to play in this French team. Be interesting mm. to see. Personally, I think France will take it. I think yeah, it might I be tight. I think it might be tight, but I think France will take it. Mm. Though, Damien, I have to say, I, t- I tipped England in the last game and that was the right kiss of death. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> us versus us going away to Scotland. <clears throat> uh, I think it will be a good game. I think it will be tight. I think, oh no, I don't think it'll be a tight game. I think there'll be a lot. If we go and play and try and play with a bit of ambition, I think the Scots play with ambition and throw it around a little bit. Um, I can see it being a weaker of a game and there might be oh, less than a score between the eventual winner and it will be something like 30 points to 25 or something like that. And mm. who knows? But I'll t- I actually, I think the Scots have got a little bit too much for us at the minute. Everyone agree yeah. with that? Or any, any yeah, other? Okay. 
Well, I tell you what, Rob. They, they've got <clears> the they'll have the added advantage, like the French coming to Twickenham, of having had an extra week or two off. Yeah, having not having well, not played this players. weekend. How much of an advantage will that be for for yeah. the French and and for the Scots? Yes, or are they un- Or are they underprepared yeah. then? That's it, Red. It does work against you sometimes. Missing a week uh, of playing and going back to week the week after does work against you sometimes. Yeah, I can remember. I can remember back when the Premiership had playoffs, and that team that had the Lion Week before the final. I mean, oh, who was it? Was it between Leicester and Wasps? And Wasps went and wiped the floor with them. Yeah, because yeah. They yeah. were they built the momentum and going. So that that's a double-edged sword. I, I, I'm not too sure on that one, but it does give you a chance to recover from knocks and bangs and injuries and stuff. So yeah. let's see. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm excited about that game. As as weird as this Six Nations has been so far, and it has been bloody weird. Some of the results, some of the decisions, all that. Right. It's been one of the more interesting ones, hasn't it? You know, there, there's nothing. It's like the FA Cup this season. Anything can happen. You yes. know, and is I think that's, that's quite good in a way. Is it a testament to Northern Hemisphere rugby as a whole getting yeah. better and it's yeah. just being more competitive? And it's for once, you know, having well five nations that are possibly be able to compete with anyone. You know, is yeah. it the level we at? Well, we were saying this two weeks ago. That's what we want, ultimately, is we want the Six Nations knowing you go into every game every week going, bloody hell, are we going to win this or not? Yes. We want every team having a shout, an equal shout at this tournament. <clears throat> and it will propel every nation in that tournament to the, you know, the top top tier of, of world rugby nation, you know, across the world because th- there'll be nothing... You know, if you've got teams playing against each other like that, that close to each other in this sort of tournament, every year, you know, it's only going to propel every nation, I think. That's yeah. right. Yeah, no. definitely. Well, uh, yeah, I think that rounds up this week. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us again. Damien, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. Hope we can get you on again soon. So Rab, too. same to you and Dave. Middlemore, thank you so much, mate. No worries. Come back anyway, mate. No worries. Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, hope we can catch up with you all soon. Cheers. Enjoy the rugby, guys. Cheers, lads. Take care. Cheers. Take care, boys. Bye, bye.